Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. What it means to believe with the heart. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. We want things to happen in our lives. We want reality with God. We want miracles to take place. We want spiritual action and activity to take place. Well, in order to have these things manifest in our lives, we have to understand a basic Bible truth, and that truth is this. A person must know how to believe from the heart in order to make contact with heaven. In order to have spiritual manifestations, our spirit must learn to contact the spirit world. If we don't know what it means to believe from the heart, with the heart, then we could be operating only in mental powers and not spiritual powers. And so that's why it's important that we very often touch on this subject so that we could be reminded of the fact that our spirits must be involved and not just our intellect. So in Mark 11 and 23, we have that wonderful verse of Scripture that teaches us the law of faith and says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now notice that expression, doubt in his heart. Underline or underscore or highlight that word heart, doubt in his heart, but shall believe that is from his heart, that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now notice, faith involves what we, what we say, which is our word, but it also involves what we believe and where we believe from. We're not to doubt in our heart, but believe from our heart that what we say with our mouth will come to pass. Well, what does it mean to believe from the heart? Or with the heart. Well, one way to find out what something means is, first of all, to find out what it doesn't mean. And that will help us just as much as anything else. Amen? Well, what doesn't it mean? Well, it doesn't mean to believe with this important organ that pumps the blood through our physical body. It's not talking about believing God with that organ of our body. can't believe God with natural things. How many of you can believe God with your finger? I'm believing God from my ear. We can't believe God from our toe or anything like that. And we can't believe God from our lung. And it's obvious that it's not talking about, we, you know, believing God from this vital organ that pumps the blood through our bodies and keeps us alive. It's not talking about that. It's talking about something different than that. Well, it also will help us to understand that when you use terms, sometimes those words that we use have a different or a deeper meaning. For example, if you were to say the heart of a tree, what would you be referring to? The core of that tree. The core, meaning the very center or central part of that tree. So you can see words can mean something other than what it's actually stating. Now, if you were talking about the heart of a matter, you're talking about the most important part of something, the heart of a problem. Let's get to the heart of this problem. And what is the heart of the problem? 
and you focus in on that thing that causes the problem. Isn't that right? The heart of a subject is, once again, the center of the subject or the most important part of that subject. And when Jesus was talking about the heart, he was referring to the very center of man's being, the most important part of man. Now, to understand that he's talking about something deeper than that vital organ that pumps the blood, I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, and I want you to see with me that he's not talking about our intellect. And he's not talking about this physical organ. He's talking about something deeper, something within that has to be understood. If we think that God is only talking about under, uh, believing Him with our understanding, then we are going to miss the mark and not believe God from the heart. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, I want you to notice verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Notice, with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Well, there's a distinction here. If he was talking about believing God with our head or what we call head knowledge or even intellectual understanding, then why did he say trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding? So our understanding of mind is something different from trust in the heart. Can you see that? See, he's talking about two different things here. And we have to focus in on the thing called trust in the heart because that's what faith is all about. Faith is of the heart. It's not of the intellect. And sometimes people think that because I have learned the Word of God and I have understanding of the Bible, that means I have faith. And that is not necessarily true. We can agree with the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and not have a whole lot of faith. We can operate in what is called mental assent, just mentally agreeing with the Word of God and not operate in what is called heart faith. And so we must distinguish between the two so that we can understand what it means to believe from the heart. See, he's talking about believing God from the center of our being, even apart from our own understanding. Now, think about it for a moment. Our own understanding is very important to us, isn't it? Every single day we live according to our understanding. You understand how to operate an automobile. Thank God for that. You understand that you should look both ways before you cross the street. Thank God for that. And many other things we understand we should do. And that's why when it comes to the Word of God and it speaks to our hearts and it differs from our own understanding, sometimes we get nervous. And sometimes we're afraid to step out of the boat onto the water because it doesn't make sense. How can one walk on the water? Well, Jesus was teaching us that in order to do so, you've got to wean yourself from your own understanding. Because man's understanding says you can't walk on water because of the law of gravity. You're just going to go to the bottom. But Jesus said, I learned about some spiritual laws that will help you super rise up above and supersede natural laws. And so when we're talking about the law of faith, we're talking about a law that goes above our own understanding and natural human laws. 
It's a law that can defy natural laws, rises up above natural laws. It's a higher law. And when learning about faith, we have to understand that. That faith is of the heart, not of the head. It's believing God from the core of our being, from the center of our being. And when we understand the triunity of man, we will come to know that it's talking about believing God from the spirit of man. Not the mind or the soul or the body. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with me, if you would, please. Because in this verse of Scripture, we have a revelation of the triunity of man. Man is a tripart being. Spirit, soul, and body. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Now, it's apparent to me that the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, made a distinction between spirit, soul, and body. Why would he list all three of these vital parts of our makeup if they did not exist? It's obvious to all of us that man is a triune being. Spirit, soul, and body. We could say it like this. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a physical body. Say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. So when the Bible talks about the heart of man, he's talking about the center of man's being or his core, which is his spirit. The spirit of man is the heart of man. And we'll see this. Look at the book of Romans, if you would, please. Chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, and we'll begin at verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, Notice of the heart, in the spirit. Now, there we have it. Circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. Now, remember, he's talking about the Jew that was circumcised which identified them with God outwardly. Correct? But he's saying here the true... Jew or the true child of God is not one who has been outwardly circumcised in the flesh. He is one who has been inwardly circumcised in the heart, in the spirit. See, the new birth is a recreation of our spirit, not our soul and not our body. When we got saved, our spirit got saved, not our soul and not our body. The spirit of man was renewed, reborn, given new life, changed by the power of God. But the soul remained the same as well as the body. Man's mind did not change and man's body did not change. But his spirit man became brand new. 
So this man on the inside, the spirit man, is the heart of man. And with the heart, Jesus said, we have to believe that what we say with our mouth will come to pass. And that's called faith. But once again, I remind us, he's not talking about understanding this with our intellect and just learning the principle. He's talking about getting that thought or that principle or that teaching beyond our understanding into the heart so that the spirit of man can release faith in the Word of God. So faith then goes beyond understanding with the natural mind. It drops into what is called the heart of man, the core of man, or the spirit of man, and that's where faith is produced. So to believe God from the heart is to believe God with the spirit and not just with our understanding. Now, I want you to notice in Romans 10, because here we see the same truth revealed. Remember, Jesus said, believe in your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass and you will have what you say. And to show you that truth as far as salvation is concerned, we turn to Romans 10 verses... Well, let's start with verse 8 and we'll rewrite on through verse 10 and we can see it clearly. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. Now, let me stop right there if you, just for a moment because I believe this is of vital importance. I used to say things with my mouth about Jesus that I didn't believe from my heart when I was growing up. I was taught to say certain things. I was taught to say He's the Son of God. He died for our sins. And I said all those things. But I said them with my mouth according to my understanding. I was not speaking from my heart. There is a difference. And this was the difference. I believed on Jesus intellectually. I did not believe on Jesus from my heart. Therefore, I wasn't saved. Anyone can say, I believe on Jesus. The devils believe and tremble. There are those that are involved in cults that say they believe on Jesus, but they're not believing out of their heart according to the Word. So here Paul is revealing to us true faith is of the heart and not just the understanding. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I believe from my head that God raised Jesus from the dead for years before I got saved. And I'm probably certain that many of you did too. See, one day it dawned upon my heart and then I confessed Jesus with my mouth and something miraculous took place. But before I believed in my heart, nothing miraculous took place. It was nothing more 
than repeating what someone told me or taught me. Therefore, it wasn't faith. It was just either mental assent or intellectual knowledge. Next verse. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. In other words, with the spirit, not with the mind, not with the body, but with the spirit man believes unto right standing with God, healing and health, miracles taking place, or whatever. It's with the heart or the spirit of man that one believes unto the things of God. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now here's the point. Being a triune being or a tripart being, this is what we must understand. First of all, with the spirit, we contact the spirit realm. With my spirit, I contact the spirit realm. You know, you, your spirit can be inactive. The forces of your spirit can be inactive. And we can operate more on mental powers than spiritual powers. Our body can be very active. Our senses can be very active. Well, our spirit can be active also. It depends on what we do with our spirit. That is what will determine how active the forces that are in our spirit will become in our lives. With my spirit, I contact the spirit realm. With my soul, I contact the intellectual realm or the mental realm. And with my body, I contact the physical realm. So we are a tripart being and we have the ability to contact three important realms. The spiritual realm, the intellectual realm, and the physical realm. You know as well as I do that when the spirit leaves the body, there is no contact with the natural realm. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And now, I want you to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 4, and I want you to notice something here. The spirit man was made in the likeness and image of God. God is a spirit. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Well, if man was made in the likeness and image of God, then man also must be a spirit. Since God is a spirit and we're made in His likeness and image, then man also is a spirit. At least that's what the Word of God teaches. Well, that being true, then with my spirit I contact God. I mean, it would be nice to be able to reach out and contact Him. He's all around us. He's in the very air that we breathe right now. But can you reach Him and can you contact Him with your hand? I can't feel Him. Can you feel Him right now? Think you can just reach out and grab Him? But is the Spirit of God here right now? Omnipresent? But you see, we can't contact Him. Same thing is true with the emotional or the mental realm. The intellectual realm. I can't reach God with my mind because God is a spirit, not a mind. And so I can't reach Him with my mind. But with my spirit, I can. True worship is contacting God with our spirit. And boy, that will really help the praise and worship ministry. I want you to see this in John 4. And let's read from... 
Verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him, we could also say they that contact Him, must worship Him or contact Him in spirit and in truth. Of course, the truth is the Word, and the Spirit involves the spirit of man contacting Him in the spiritual realm. I can sing right now till I'm blue in the face and never contact God. Just singing songs, you know, all kinds of different songs. doesn't contact God. But you know what? If I took time to really focus on what I'm doing and get my spirit involved, you know what would happen? I would contact Him with my spirit and there would be a manifestation of the presence of God. Can you see the distinction? So anyone can sing songs, but the singing of songs isn't necessarily worshiping God. It's when the spirit of the singer is in connection with God or contacts God that God is truly worshipped. And so you can see this understanding will help us not only in the release of our faith to believe God for miracles, but also in the release of faith to worship Him and to praise Him. Amen. Look at another verse that will help us along this line. We're going to look at a network of scriptures that will kind of set the foundation for this teaching that I believe prayerfully will help us better understand how to release faith in God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's look at verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, if I pray in an unknown tongue, now notice, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Did you hear that? When we pray in an unknown tongue, the Spirit is active and the understanding is left out in no man's land. Speaking in tongues is not a mental exercise. It is a spiritual exercise. It is involving my spirit. Out of my spirit, this utterance flows. By the presence and power of the Holy Ghost within my spirit, I begin to pray in the spirit, and my spirit prayeth. But my understanding isn't involved. It's unfruitful. It's non-productive. Can you see the distinction? So, it's apparent to all of us then, forces can be released out of the spirit apart from the mind. It's not my mind that's praying. It is my heart or my spirit that is praying. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. And he's talking about my spirit is involved in praying when I pray with other tongues. And I can pray to God with my understanding when I know the Word of God, 
and the Word of God gets in my heart, I pray the Word of God, I understand what I'm saying and what I'm praying. But remember this, it's only out of the Spirit that we contact God. It's not with the mind and it's not with the physical body. Turn with me, if you would please, to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. Once again, a network of scriptures that will help us understand that our spirit or this man on the inside is what releases faith. And when Jesus talked about believe in your heart or don't doubt in your heart, he's talking about the man on the inside, the spirit man, and that's where faith is released in God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse uh, 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. There is an outward man, and that outward man perishes. But now notice, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know it's possible to give more attention to the outward man than it is to the inward man? Isn't that true? Without a doubt. We can give much more attention to the outward man and its development than we do to the inward man. Did you know you can educate your mind at the expense of your heart? You know you can store up vast knowledge of man's wisdom in your brain and mental faculties and not even know God? Isn't that true? You can have all kinds of understanding up here in your head. You can accumulate all kinds of facts of knowledge and have no inkling as to what God is like. Have no idea. That goes to show you that the mind can be highly developed apart from God and apart from knowing God. The physical body can be given a lot of attention in its development and yet there's no way the body can contact God. And of course, once again, we're more prone to develop our bodies and minds than we are our spirits because when it comes to the development of the spirit, we kind of just look at it and don't know what to do. But the, God, the Word of God does teach us as to what to do if we want to develop ourselves spiritually. There is an outward man and there is an inward man. Just as the outward man can be developed, also the inward man can be developed. And it's this inward man that contacts God. It's the inward man that knows God. To be frank about it, the moment you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, something happened inwardly that you couldn't even explain outwardly. All you know is that it was a joy unspeakable. And you try to give it to somebody else and they cannot capture your joy. They have no concept of what you're talking about. And you're wanting to put together words to describe what took place where? In your spirit. But you fall short. And if you think about it, it may even be difficult for you to remember when you were in darkness and didn't, didn't even have the light. There's a communication gap there, isn't there? So, believing God from the heart is believing with the Spirit. This inward man is a real man. It is the real you on the inside. And you and I can believe from the Spirit. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 
another verse that will help us better understand that the real person is the man on the inside who needs to be developed and given much attention if we are going to develop great faith in God. It's with the heart man believeth. Not with the head, not with the body. With the heart man believeth. Trust Him with all your heart, not your understanding. Verse 27. Paul the Apostle speaking, but I keep under my body. I have a body, is what Paul is saying here. I have a body. What am I going to do with my body? My body is the outward man. And the outward man, I don't know whether or not you've ever realized this, but the outward man likes doing its own thing. Right? Did you ever say you were going to go on a diet and lose weight? Try telling that to the outward man. Right? It's got a mind of its own. It smells. Right? Boy, that smells so enticing, isn't it? It sees the long john with the white cream inside. Fine, you don't like cream sticks? Orange. Big. Cinnamon. It sees. This outward man has its own language, doesn't it? It has its own desires, doesn't it? It certainly does. And you know the thing is, I don't know if you found this to be true in your life, but whenever you said that you're going to lose weight, you get the hungriest. Isn't that true? Why? Because this outward man knows you want to deny it or deprive it of something. It wants freedom to indulge, right? It wants to be in control and it wants to dictate to our lives. So Paul said, I keep under my body. Can you imagine that? He viewed himself as a spirit who was in need of keeping under his body. Under what? I bring it into subjection. To what? You are my house that I live in, my body. I live in you, but you are not in control. I bring it under subjection. You will submit to the desires of the Spirit. I am a Spirit. I will not give in to your desires. So the inward man is to rule the outward man and not vice versa. The inward man is to be in control and charge. And so Paul said, I, spirit, keep under my body, bring it into subjection that by any means, lest when I preach to others, I myself should be cast a castaway. So here, once again, we understand that the real person is the spirit and the body is only the earth suit in which we live. If we allow it to be in control, it will prevent the spirit from growing and developing. If we deny it and keep it under, the Spirit will rise up above the flesh and the powers that we will operate in is our spiritual powers and not physical or intellectual powers. Another verse, Romans chapter 12. And once again, the Apostle Paul, he must have really knew a lot about this. I'm sure he struggled with the same things we struggle with today. In the book of Romans chapter 12, uh, another verse of Scripture that will help us understand the triunity of man. 
and also impart to us the knowledge that we need to have so as to keep the spirit in control and the flesh and the soul where they belong. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I beg you, if you will. That's how he's making a plea. He's appealing to them, saying, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. Everybody say with me, I am a spirit. I have a body. I am to present my body to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my spiritual duty. Well, did you hear that? And really, that's a daily thing. That is a daily thing. I have noticed in my own life, whenever I focus, it's important to focus, isn't it? When I focus on this, and I take a stand and say, nobody, you will not rise up. I choose this day to keep you under and in place. I am more successful in allowing the Spirit to rule. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm going to sit down and read the Bible for half an hour? Let me show you how the body wants to work. The body has tricks. Did you know that? It knows exactly when to get sleepy-eyed. Right? It knows exactly the right timing. The moment you go to the King James and open it up, the eyelids don't want to stay up. True? I'll tell you something else. There are certain things the body doesn't like to have happen around us. An unanswered phone. You're in prayer. It's solemn. The phone starts to ring. What does the flesh start to do? Why does a phone have to be answered? Because it's ringing. And the flesh is disturbed when it's not answered. And even though you're in prayer, you're distracted. There are many distractions when it comes to the development of our spirit. And unless we place ourselves in charge and present our bodies to God, the spirit will always rule and dominate. You know, that's why it's important for us to get ourselves away from distractions. I believe that's why Jesus went up on the mountain. What about you? Yeah. Away from all the hustle and bustle of life, he went off to the mountain somewhere. You know, no phone ringing. None of those other distractions that... He didn't take any television up there with him or radio or newspaper or anything like that. He was in control. He was better in control because there were no other distractions around him. And that is what it's going to take to develop the Spirit quiet times where we don't allow the flesh to rise up and control us. I am to present my body. You are to present your body to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our spiritual duty. See, I am a spirit, and as a spirit, I have a spiritual obligation to God to keep my body where it belongs. 
under subjection to my spirit and to the Word of God. Number two. So that's the body of man. We all have a body, right? But look at number two. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind would not have to be renewed if it was born again, would it? So the mind is undealt with in regeneration. True? The mind is undealt with in regeneration and the mind needs to be renewed. You know, I thank God for every person that gets saved. But how many of you know that the Bible says God doesn't want us just saved. He wants us saved and. And what? And to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's one thing to be saved. Thank God I'm saved. But I'll be paralyzed in faith if I don't come to the knowledge of the truth. And the potential that is in my spirit will never be achieved or released until I come to the knowledge of the truth. The spirit man must feed on the Word of God. And so I must not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind must be renewed. So my body must be kept under and my mind must be renewed. Therefore, if I... I'm talking about my body, one, mind, two, I, three... I then must be a spirit. Keep my body, one, my soul, two, I, three, am a spirit. So when it talks about believing from the heart, it's talking about believing with the spirit. And that's why very often we don't see as many miraculous happenings taking place because too often we're more prone just to act upon our mental reasoning of the Word of God. I have mental assent to the Word of God and I agree to it and I think that's faith. And that is not faith. Boy, I want to say that again. Mentally agreeing with the Word of God is not faith. At all. It's only agreeing with what God said. So it's, it's a step be, you know, deeper than that. It's taking what the Word of God says, agreeing with it, and then doing what is necessary to get it into the heart to become a powerful force called faith and creative force called faith. And so it's our responsibility to do this. Now, another verse of Scripture is also found in 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. And this makes it very clear. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we all have an earthly house in which we live. If it were dissolved, we have a building of God. What is this building of God? The spirit of man. We are the building of God, are we not? Thank God. We are His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Is talking about the spirit of man eternal in the heavens. A house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. It's the building of God. God is the one who built our spirit. Now notice verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body... How many of you know your spirit and soul are at home in the body on earth? I'm at home. I didn't come tonight without my body. I brought it with me. Aren't you glad I did? If I didn't, you couldn't see me. (laughs) You might see the Bible go up and down, but you wouldn't see me. Now, notice this. While we're at home in the body... We are absent from the Lord. When they took the role in heaven and they got to me, it was absent. Bill's absent. 
Bill's absent. He's absent. And it'll still that, stay that way for a while. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. See, while I was being marked absent in heaven, I was marked present in body on earth. Present. I'm present. Like attendance at school. Is Johnny here? Hand goes up. Present. Is Mary here? No answer. Absent. Mary's absent. Mary's not here. Wow, now notice. Willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So if you're a Christian, when you're absent from the body, you are present with the Lord. So you must be more than a body. Paul said, I'd rather be absent on earth and present with the Lord. That's where we would all rather be. See? But it does make a distinction and it does show us that believing God from the heart involves the spirit of man and not just his mind or his physical powers. It's talking about the man on the inside that contacts God and knows God. Peter called it the hidden man of the heart in 1 Peter 3, 4. Now... I want you to turn with me to the book of um, 1 Corinthians. You're in, in second. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And another truth to help us understand what faith is all about is revealed right here in verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man, the man on the outside, the man of the flesh, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The things of God are not intellectually learned. The things of God are spiritually discerned. We must perceive these things spiritually and not just learn them intellectually. The natural man does not have the ability to know God. But the spirit man does have the ability to know God. And spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So the Word of God, which is spirit, Jesus said that the Word is spirit and is life, must be in, spiritually discerned in our spirit and not just intellectually learned. Faith, then, is of the heart. And the heart has the ability to receive revelation knowledge from the Word of God, but the mind doesn't. Now listen carefully. You can read a passage of Scripture 1,000 times and be able to quote it frontwards and backwards and still not have revelation. How many times have you picked up your Bible and read a verse that you've read countless times when all of a sudden a light bulb went on? Boom! Something hits you like, that's what that means. And you kind of think of yourself like, where have I been? What happened to you? The entrance of His Word gives light. You see, it dawned upon your heart. Your heart picked it up. It became a revelation in your spirit. And that's what faith is all about. It's not just intellectually learning it. So revelation knowledge comes into the heart. And when a man gets that revelation knowledge and believes from his heart, that's called faith. Now I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. In order to have faith, one must believe from the heart. The heart is the spirit of man, 
And the spirit of man must feed on the Word of God in order to produce faith in the heart. If I'm just relying upon my intellectual knowledge of the Word of God, I will only assent to the things of God. I will not have what is called faith. Can we understand that? Okay, now notice this verse in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 because Jesus gave us a key with regard to developing faith in the heart. Verse 4, But He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There are three kinds of food. We have physical food, intellectual food, and spiritual food. Physical food mental or intellectual food, and spiritual food. Physical food feeds the physical body. Intellectual food feeds the mind. But spiritual food feeds the spirit of the man. And Jesus was saying, in order to have faith, we have got to feed the spirit. I must make a decision to feed my spirit the Word of God, which produces faith, and to live by faith in God, not trusting with my own understanding, but trusting out of a heart of faith that has been feeding on the Word of God. If I don't feed my spirit that's been reborn, the Word of God, I am going to lack faith. I can't just feed it into my intellect. I have got to feed it into my spirit. How do I do that? Joshua 1.8 is clear in this matter. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. How else do we feed ourselves? We put things into our mouth. And that's how we feed our body. We put things into our mind. And that's how we feed our intellect. We put the Word of God into our mouth and speak it out. And when we do, it affects us in spirit. It shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Another important truth is, let's not just read the Word of God, Let's take portions of the Word of God and meditate upon the Word of God until the Spirit has had time to digest it. As we meditate the Word of God, the Spirit of the man is fed and faith is produced. So I must feed on the Word of God for myself over and over and over again, meditating it, saying it, speaking it out so that I hear it over and over again so that my spirit then gains confident trust in the living God. And that's called faith. Now, you want to hear a a verse, once again, that we started with? That we have got to learn to believe from the heart? Mark 11, 23. We can have the faith of God if we learn this truth. We are to speak to our mountains, tell them to be removed, and don't doubt in the heart that what we say with our mouth will come to pass and we will have whatsoever we say. We've got to feed on that. Over and over and over again until we really learn from the heart that what we say with our mouth will come to pass. Let's all stand to our feet before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. 
I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.